0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. And today we are talking about the topic of foot washing. It's a listener request. Jacob Nicoletti, thanks a bunch for sending this in. Um, And we are talking about whether or not it should be an ordinance of the church and we're gonna get into whether or not it should be. We'll answer that question kind of on the front end, and then we'll talk a little bit about why we believe what we believe, and then also what is an ordinance? How do they it get its name? What's a sacrament? How do they it get its name? How, how many should there be? We're getting into all of that and more. So thank you again, Jacob, for sending this in. We hope you all enjoy the conversation. What's up, man? How are you?
1: Good, doing real good. Doing real good. I mean, good. it's it's kind of late. I'm kind of tired, but we're here. Maybe yeah, we're doing another episode.
0: Yeah, we're doing a listener requested episode, guys. Thank you for that's right. Um, sending this in. It is it's late, so we are we're trying to we're trying to be concise on this episode. Mm. By the way, I'm Rob.
1: Hi, Rob. I'm Rick. Nice yeah, to meet you. There you go. There you go. Rick, okay. Name is Rick um, Rick
0: Gromlick. I'm Robert Kane. Um, Robert, Rob, I was called Bob today, so Bob, Bobby. Uh, any, any of those really work. So uh, let's let's jump right into this thing since it's late. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't mm-hmm. like the banter, so um, give them a
1: little reprieve. Um, and for those who like the banter, don't you worry, we will be
0: back. There's going to be plenty of banter, plenty coming. of banter to go plenty. around. It's mm-hmm. tough not to have banter right now, but mm. because it's late, because I have to get up early, because. Mm. Um, and I want to spend time with our wives and relax. We are going to try to be concise on this episode. So here we go. Here we go. The episode, as you guys saw in the title, is whether or not foot washing should be an ordinance. And this Mm -hmm. was a topic that was sent in by Mr. Jacob Nicoletti. Thank you, man, for sending this in. But the question is this. He says, question slash possible episode idea, which this is now coming. Here we are. Here we are. Way to go. Is Jacob? foot washing, as found in John 13, supposed to be practiced in the church today as an ordin- ordinance? Some Pentecostal mm. organizations think so. Is it heresy to make that equal to baptism and the Lord's Supper?
1: That's a big question. I Great like question. it. Great question.
0: Very good question. Um, so, we're going to dive into this because we've actually, um, we, we've seen the argument made that it is the third ordinance because Jesus instituted it in John 13. And so we're just going to take a little bit of a dive into the ordinances, whereas or some call them the sacraments, and um, kind of answer this question. And we'll answer it on the front end, and then mm-hmm. we'll kind of dive into it. So the answer on the front end is we don't think that it should be. Absolutely
1: should. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, what? Say that again, Rob?
0: That, that, uh, that pre-show prep really turned out well for us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we thought we were together. On this. It I should we're on be the same right page here. <laughs> we're gonna get, we're all gonna have cleaner feet.
0: Cleaner feet is great. Yes. Mm. Um, no. We would say that it should not be an ordinance or a sacrament of the church, um, and we would say that it shouldn't. It obviously shouldn't be on the same page as baptism or the Lord's supper. But is it heresy to say that it is? I, I would say no. Um, I, I, my understanding of heresy, and and Rick, you can you can point this out if I'm wrong here, is that if you believe this particular thing, it's heretical, and therefore it will lead to your condemnation and your eternal separation from God. I, I don't think that that's where this would be, but I would I would say this would be a false. I don't I don't think it would be right to put on the same page. Mm-hmm. You want to parse that mm-hmm. out a little bit? You want to correct me? Yeah, if I'm I off mean. There? We should probably get a working definition
1: of Harris. I'm trying I'm trying to do. Um yeah, yeah so you, I'm going to stop looking and I'm going to You have gonna, the technology kinda, in your studio? Yeah, I got all the technology. I have, an, I have a, a phone and a computer, so. <laughs> um yes, I would say it is obviously not an ordinance. I would say that's clear. Um great precedent for for it not being an ordinance the question to is it heresy to say that it is an ordinance um that we uh, as we've just said we need clarification on the definition or how okay, rigidly so, we will use the so word here's of heresy like, here's what google but,
0: says it it just mm-hmm. says belief or opinion contrary to orthodox relig- orthodox religious especially christian doctrine so if we were to take that definition yeah. that it's just contrary to orthodox christian doctrine then i would mm-hmm. say yes it would be heresy
1: yes yeah. Um I would agree. Yeah. So it's obviously not orthodox. It's not um and I don't, I'm not I don't really know church history well enough to say that it's never been I don't know a time where people were really thinking and this is an ordinance like practicing it as if it were an ordinance. I know there's different times and different um groups who practice it more. And, you know, like, I think in free will Baptist groups, you'll see that more often. They do. Um, they'll do the foot washing with, like, communion and the whole meal and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so I'm going to read just part of, of John 13 and the, the text that is referenced. And this is Jesus washing his disciples' feet. He's already completed washing. And picking it up, verse 12 says, When Jesus had finished Uh, washing their feet and put on his outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and and you are speaking rightly since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. So Jesus is clearly expounding upon his act of just washing their feet, saying, listen, if I, your Lord and your master, you call me teacher, and that is right because I am, if I have done this for you, you need to also do likewise. Now the question is... um, is Jesus saying literally, "I've washed your feet, now you go wash other people's feet," or, and we would say this would be our correct interpretation based on thirteen, verse thirteen, where Jesus is saying, "You call me Teacher, Lord, and you are speaking rightly because that's what I am," and then Jesus says, "Serve others, right? Um, be willing to humble yourself and put others first and serve them." That's the that's the message. That's um, the teaching that Jesus is getting to here with his disciples. Not so much you need to go wash people's feet, but he was doing a very um, simple act to display um, a truth, to display um, a, a lifestyle of servanthood leadership. And that's where I think we would land on that. Um, you can parse on that a little bit, Rob, but we would not say that that teaches that we have to go and literally wash everyone's feet yeah i mean mean, that might that that might be needed like people might need their feet washed um different culture but practical practically meeting people's needs um jesus son of god god on earth is doing this there is nothing that we are that we're above or that is too little for us to do for other people
0: yeah yeah and not not to take like not to take the passage and and poke fun or anything like that. But I mean, when he says, I've given you an example, it's not, the way that, that we understand it is that he, it's not Jesus saying, all right, I've given you an example on how to wash people's feet. Like you've seen right. proper <laughs> technique. how you do it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Make sure you go side to side, not up and down, because people don't like up and mm-hmm. down, go side to, you know what I mean? The, <laughs> right. The example he's giving, given is not wash feet. The example is, I'm doing an act of lowering myself to serve you. And it's a shadow mm-hmm. of the greater act that he's doing of lowering himself from the right hand of God to come and serve mankind as the sacrificial lamb. And so what he's saying is, if you are a follower of mine, then you too should lower yourself and serve mm-hmm. others. We were just, our our uh, Bible study for our church plant, we were just going over First Peter 5. And First Peter in that... Or, or Peter in that chapter he keeps making the argument that to be exalted you need to lower yourself and
1: mm-hmm.
0: what we see is is like this great paradox that if you want to live you have to die if you want to be exalted you have to be lowered and Jesus is giving his disciples this example of hey if you want to be exalted then you have to be you have to be lowered if you want to be first in the mm-hmm. kingdom you have to be last and he mm-hmm. he does this in all kinds of different ways, different parables. But we see this in John 13, where Jesus gets down on the ground and starts to wash the feet of the disciples. Which, culturally speaking, that's a much bigger deal than it was right. than it would be today. Because today we got right. socks, we got we got sh- closed toed shoes, and even if you're walking around in sandals all day, then I mean, mm-hmm. we have showers and baths we can take pretty much every day. Hopefully, you're taking mm-hmm. them every day. <laughs> Regularly, but, but we have access yep. to them at any time. Whereas, mm-hmm. whereas they would take baths less frequently, they had sandals, they were um, an agrarian society, and so there was mm-hmm. they relied on animals a lot, which means animals were in the marketplace, which means there's a lot of poop on the ground, which means open toed shoes, poop on the ground. You're walking around, you're getting poop on your feet, and it's nasty. Mm. And so Perhaps. to lower yourself, the Lord of the universe, to lower himself and to begin to clean the feces off of the feet of these men who are sinners, he's saying he's mm-hmm. trying to tell a bigger story that mm-hmm. that this, as low as this looks, the the what's the term I'm looking for? The, um, in actuality, what's Mm -hmm. happening is a much greater picture of me as God, Jesus, Jesus Mm -hmm. saying me as God, lowering myself to sinful humanity to take on your sin. That is a much greater leap, much greater step down than me from standing to lower down to your feet. So I, I said that in a jumbled way, but, but the, the small picture of him getting down on his knees to wash feet is just a a shadow of the greater thing that's happening, of him mm-hmm. condescending down from heaven to serve mankind.
1: Well, and it's also in- important um, to remember Jesus is getting ready to leave his disciples at this point, And he has—the disciples are— there's been this chatter, right? Who's going to be first in the kingdom? Who's going to be greatest? And who's, you know, and and Jesus, you know, he's not here just to bring them down a notch or two. He's here to clearly teach them something that is uh, vital, and that is, if you are going to be my disciple, that means you're going to do what I do. This is what I do. Hmm. I lay my life down for people who. Do not like me. And for those who um, are still selfish, who still choose sin, I lay my life down for them and I will be crushed for their sin. But I'm also just going to do the dirty work of washing feet. Hmm. So for us, practically today, there isn't any kind of menial task that is below us. You know, you cannot, if it's stacking chairs, if it's washing toilets, if it's, you know, cutting your neighbor's yard or washing your own whatever it is or helping the church facility whatever it is no one i don't care if you're you know senior pastor for 50 years you are not above washing toilets Hmm, or cooking food or helping clean up because like that's literally what jesus has done for us right and he's called us to so uh we're just naturally prideful people. And that's where we, we take these things. Well, wow, Like someone else is going to stack the chairs. Someone else has got that. Like, or I just want to get to a place in ministry where I don't have to help clean up the meals. It's like, no, like that. If Jesus were here in your building, that's what he would be doing. Yeah. I mean, that's what he'd be doing. So, um, yeah. so to to the, to a bigger question, is it an or, ordinance? No. Unequivocally. No. I would just say the last thing I would say and i'm kind of done talking about that question is the, the the listener was asking about or saying how in charismatic circles this is becoming a thing or is a thing and and i'm not I'm going to tread lightly here cuz i'm not i'm a continuationist um so i believe the yeah. gifts are still functioning i'm not uh super charismatic but i would just give caution um, to groups who that are, are trying to add things they're trying to add some other spiritual element to the to the word and to the gospel and and what God has clearly laid out for us um, usually their motive behind that is manipulation um, and, and that's you sometimes it's not just one person doing that it's just kind of that's what begins to happen um, starts as a good thing hey let's let's have a foot-washing service and that's great and it's a great blessing and time of fellowship and encouragement and it kind of builds and it can turn into something. So just, be, just be cautious with that. I would say.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I mean, thinking through uh, more charismatic circles and again, not to throw stones cause there's plenty of things they could throw at us Baptist. I'm sure. Um, even though you're not Baptist denomination. I am,
1: I am Baptist. I'm just not a, a ba- Baptist denomination.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um,
1: but there's a lot to throw rocks at the SBC. You're, you're right about that. <laughs>
0: That's Just very kidding. true. Okay. Anyway, plenty of
1: rocks to go not around to throw for rocks, everybody. Not to throw
0: stones. <laughs> um, I, I mean, the charismatic circles have kind of been known for adding things like, "Hey, you have to speak in tongues to to prove that you're." Actually, <laughs> oh yeah, there is that one. That, you, you have to be for, baptized yeah. in the spirit, in baptism of yeah. fire, and we already did an episode right. on that. I think that's like episode three or something like that. But we keep using this, mm-hmm. this terminology, ordinance Mm-hmm. And yes. it begs the question, okay, what is an ordinance and what makes something an ordinance? So just mm-hmm. real quick ordinance, um, I think way back in our, our episode on baptism, cause this is what, and, and this might not be wrong. It might, might be right, but it's still not the whole story that an ordinance gets its name from being, um, an ordinary means of grace, but that that's mm-hmm. not entirely true. Cause there are other things that, um, can be ordinary means of grace, like preaching and praying and, mm-hmm. um, means of grace that are just ordinary things in the life of a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason that an ordinance is called an ordinance is because it's a God ordained ceremony displaying the gospel. Mm-hmm. So people ask, should foot washing be an ordinance? And and I did make the argument that um, foot washing is a greater picture of what's happening of Jesus lowering himself to to serve humanity, but it's not the full picture of the gospel. The the two ordinances that we have been commanded are baptism mm-hmm. in the Lord's Supper, baptism in Matthew 28, 19, where Rick, do you have that pulled up? If not, I can say that it. again. Sir. Matthew, 20, 19. I got you. I got you Is in the notes. I've got the technology to pull it up in here in my studio. So, <sighs> wow. Um, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. It's the great commission. Jesus says, go therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. And then, um, Verse twenty, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And then, uh, mm-hmm. the Lord's supper supper in Matthew twenty six. You got that mm-hmm. one, Rick?
1: Uh, yep, I do. That, that's a no, if I, I got it. Here if, we go. No, if um. I, I have my tabs. I gotta
0: <laughs> find the right tab. <laughs> I just wanted to put you on the spot. You know what? What did you find your tab?
1: I did but I I got to get to the right spot. Okay, yeah, 26. <laughs> you got it. And this is, uh, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take it and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, to them being the disciples, and drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood, for this my blood of, excuse me, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. But I tell you, I will not drink from, this, from the fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink from it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Nice. So that is the first um, institution or initiation of the Lord's Supper with the disciples. Um, that's Passover. That's the night Jesus was portrayed.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, um, and full transparency, peek behind the curtain. I didn't tell Rick at all that I was going to call on him for those, so I know he totally <laughs> failed. He didn't have them ready, but told him grace. I thought, listeners, I, thought, Rob I didn't had tell it him to be ready. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, we see I these. Will... Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to put. I think there's a couple of other verses we can put in. I mean, there's lots, but I was just put a couple of really important ones. Uh, Rob, I'm sure you have this up. Uh, First Cor- <laughs> Second Corinthians, el- uh, tw- 11. You got that one ready yep, to go? I got it. Yep. What do you need? Uh, which which verse of what?
0: 2 Corinthians 11, yeah. you said.
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think where the communion portion starts. Mm-hmm. You know
0: what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. I, that's not 2 Corinthians 11, it's First Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11.
1: Oh, brother, I'm, listen, I'm running on themes it's late. over here. It's late,
0: I got you. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a long passage, but um Verse 23 was where we'll start, for I received from the Lord, but I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it, Mm -hmm. and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup. You proclaim the Lord's death until he comes.
1: Way to go, Rob. Mm. Um, I, I didn't quite have that ready. As we talked the show notes that you were going to have that ready, but I don't know what <laughs> happened there. No, but I think that verse also, one, it, it talks to the earlier thing about like the foot washing. Uh, uh, Peter is, or, or Paul is telling the church in Corinth, like, I'm passing on what the Lord has passed on to me. And he's not like, take off your sandals. Let's wash your feet. No, he's he's passing on um, uh, the Lord's Supper, communion. So I think that's a a good verse to back that up. So
0: carry on, Rob. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, But these two ordinances, these God-ordained ceremonies that display the gospel, baptism, we see that happening with uh, being immersed in water. The person's laid down as if being laid down in death. And then they are washed mm-hmm. by the water, as a symbolism for them being wa- their sins being washed away by the blood of Christ, mm-hmm. and then them being raised a lot up again in in symbolism to say that they are raised in new life, which is found in Christ. They've been washed by His blood, and they're raised a new creature. The old has passed away; all things become new, and now this person is walking um, in Christ. And so that, that being a symbol of the gospel, baptism mm-hmm. as an ordinance, and the other one being the Lord's Supper, which we just read about, where the, the bread represents Christ's broken body. His body was broken for us on the cross so that um, we could inherit the bread of life, as he calls himself. And then um, the, the wine or the fruit of the vine, um, whether that's grape juice or wine, um, ends up representing Obviously, is blood, which washes us clean so that we can then be made white as snow and our sin can be removed. So these two things, they represent the gospel in explicit ways that foot washing doesn't. Mm -hmm. And um, they're also more explicitly um, ordained by God where foot washing is not as explicit. We see it only in John.
1: Yeah, and I just add we we talk about this. I don't know if we've done an episode on the ordinances, but I th- I feel like we've talked about this multiple times. How, um, and we borrow this term from uh, I don't know who was the originator of the term, but we talked with Jonathan Lehman he, the term keys of the kingdom, right? Yeah. So that this is given to the church where the ordinances, um, uh, baptism is the the confirmation by the church that you are a believer. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's an individual person declaring their faith, but there's also the church declaring we affirm your faith, yeah. which is a really important part. And then communion important. is the the continuate the continued affirmation of that um that confession of faith. So yeah, uh, twofold Rob, you've used the a term you've used the term um the the table and like baptism you just yeah go yeah, with that. Baptism,
0: so baptism being the seat at the table. So mm-hmm. if, if we're coming to the table to take the Lord's supper, baptism's the seat at the table. So yeah. before you come yeah. to the table, um, before you partake yeah. in the Lord's supper, you should you should um, partake Baptized. in baptism. Baptism being that initial individual and corporate right. affirmation of faith. So the right. individual, Rick, as you said, two sides to that coin. There's the individual side and then there's the corporate side as the church. So the individual side, the mm-hmm. individual saying yes, I affirm the faith. I'm gonna I'm tied to my sin, I'm walking with Christ. And the church saying the same thing, yes, this individual has done that. And then the same thing with the Lord's Supper. To the, to to the best of, the of our
1: to the best of the church's ability to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Right, where the church the, can't fully affirm, but they're as best they can say, okay, they're declaring to be a Christian and we would it appears that they are, so we're gonna affirm that. Yep. And then in, if if things change, that's where we have church discipline. The churches the church cannot say, Oh, they're not a believer. They're just saying, we can't affirm that anymore.
0: Exactly, exactly. So So for um, both those ordinances, there are two sides to the coin, the individual side and the church side, whereas, again, you just don't have that with with foot washing.
1: Right. And we would say, just for clarification's sake, um, the ordinances, baptism and communion, do not save you. There is no act of atonement that is that is transmitted or um, remediated or that does not save you, doesn't bring salvation. You don't lose your salvation because you didn't take communion or you didn't get baptized. Um, However, they are the only two ordinances or outward expressions that are are set apart that the Lord has given us, and so they're a great gift to our faith. Um, We would make the argument that if a church is not rightfully practicing them, then that we would say that's maybe that's not a, an actual church. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, we wouldn't even but, first
0: make that argument, Martin Luther and well, no. John Calvin, they're the ones Couple who made other, that argument. But, but they probably, really I mean, they, I'm sure people. they copied from us, but yeah. they also uh, made yeah,
1: the, the original came from us. We're the OGs here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so I don't want anyone to think, Oh man, I, I have to at least take communion or I have to get baptized because I might lose my salvation. There's a, a lot of other elements to your salvation that you need to understand. Um, Baptism and communion are overflows of your maturing walk with Christ. Yeah. So they are they are displays and expressions that you're maturing in your walk, or they should be. Some people um, go through those ordinations without having any walk with Jesus, not even truly being saved or regenerated, and having no desire to actually follow Jesus, but they're just doing so because it's a cultural thing or because they're buddy- took them to church camp and they've got to do this because everyone else is doing it. Um, And if you have done that, you should repent from that and, and, and ask the Lord to forgive you for, for um, partaking in the ordinances in in an unrighteous way and follow after Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Um, So there, there may be people with a Catholic background or maybe Greek Orthodox background and they're thinking, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, well, we call them sacraments. Um, and, And there's even some Protestant, some Protestants out there that call them sacraments. And so when we say ordinance, um, generally speaking, we, are, we mean the same thing as when mm-hmm. people say sacraments. But there's a reason we call them ordinances rather than sacraments. So sacrament, uh, the term sacrament was first, I'm reading here from Lexham, And it says the term sacrament, sacramentum, was first used by Latin theologians in the anti-Nicene period to refer to any sign within the church that pointed beyond itself to the sacred mystery of redemption. Later, in the fourth century, Augustine gave the sacraments a more technical definition as visible signs of the invisible reality of grace. So we just talked Mm -hmm. about that with... Lord's Supper and baptism, visible signs, outward signs of an invisible reality. Um, in the 12th century, Peter Lombard set the number um, of these visible mediums of grace at seven, a decision that was canonized by the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215. Lombard set the number of sacraments at seven by expanding the definition not merely to include signs of grace, but also rites. So mm-hmm. we. We would say, nope. There's uh, there's two ordinances, two sacraments. If you want to use that, but Peter Lombard came around in 1215. The Fourth Lateran Council affirmed that there are seven because they expanded it not just as um, signs of grace but also rites. And so, the seven that the the Catholic Church um, embraced were baptism, mm-hmm. confirmation, mm-hmm. the Eucharist, which is communion, the Lord's Supper. Penance, anointing of the sick, holy orders, and matrimony. So, with that... There's a lot there. Yeah, we, we and, would just... And, go ahead.
1: Well, just to clarify, the Greek Orthodox would... All the same, but they don't use the word confirmation. They use the word chrismation, I think, which okay. is like the Holy Spirit affirming the believer. Where the Catholics say um, confirmation, they say chrismation. Gotcha. I mean, from my limited understanding, it's like potato, potato. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not, not yeah, quite exactly. that. Simple. I'm sure they, they would say. No, no, <laughs> no. no really it's not. Mad, maybe, right. Yeah. It's, and another thing really interesting thing is the Catholics will, they, um, they observe or they validate the, the Greek Orthodox or the Eastern Orthodox sacraments, but Eastern Orthodox churches do not validate or um, uphold the Roman Catholic sacraments. Oh, wow.
0: I would, I would, I would love to talk to a church historian to explain what happened there, like what, what the reason for a the bit one of, way street there a is. A little
1: bit of infighting, and yeah. um, they, no, I think, from my limited understanding, it, it boils down to um, the Greeks do not hold to the uh, the papal right? Yeah. So they don't agree with the pope, and so that's kind of why they're like, you know, we don't agree with these. Um sacraments. Whereas the Roman Catholic Church looks at the Eastern Orthodox Church and says, Okay, they're all the same things. We got the Pope on our team. Yeah, we we'll, sure we'll, we'll affirm those sacraments. Yeah. yeah. Again, probably super um like did not do justice to, to those arguments, but that's kind of a, a thirty thousand foot view.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is nicely nicely done, keeping it simple. He-
1: yeah i can't well you know I try
0: <laughs> but yeah but we would disagree with both of them we would say mm, um, wrong. you're overcomplicating the issue we were are yeah. two god ordained uh ceremonies that display the gospel and we see them in matthew 28 and matthew 26 as well as other places that support that but we see it as baptism and the lord's supper and when i say we i don't mean rick and i um, even mm. though we do <laughs> i mean um the the church historically has seen yeah. those two things and so yeah. you can see that the the seven things were weren't instituted um until 1215 that's 1200 years into i mean 1100 years after the first the the first century church so mm-hmm. i mean to say that those seven are the most historical we would disagree with because they weren't instituted mm-hmm. until 1215 whereas these two we see Jesus commanding to early Christians
1: right yeah yeah, something that's been helpful for me, I mean, there's a, there's a lot you could talk about, and you're just kind of getting, wading more into Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodox Christianity, and, you know, um, that just keeps going on and on. But a simple little book that I have um, been reading through a little bit, uh, mostly as we've been preparing for this, is Are We Together? Uh, a Protestant Analysis a Protestant and Analyzes Roman Catholicism, it's by R.C. Sproul, and he talks about the difference between Protestantism and Catholicism, Catholicism in um, just our modern day when there's there's a decent evangelical push to bring unity and to, like, to, to bring us back together, um, again, that's more from the charismatic side of things, but great little book, Are We Together, by uh, R.C. Sproul. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot we could say on the sacraments and the differences. Um, I don't know what else you would want to say, Rob. I think it's important that it people understand for us, the biggest issue between us and Catholics on the sacraments and the ordinances has to do with the Lord's Supper and ultimately justification um, or the atonement. How are we atoned? Is it through Christ alone? Nothing else. He is atoned or is it Christ and Christ and something you have to do? Catholics believe it's Christ and we would say it's Christ alone, and we would say that makes or breaks everything. Yeah, the whole exactly. argument.
0: Exactly. That is that's a good word and and a great theologian. We'll link to one of his articles, one of his essays, who um, used to live next to the Vatican, used to be in Italy, um, serving on crew. Uh, he. He grew up in, I believe it was a Catholic church, and he's now a professor at Southern Seminary. He was my professor for Systematic 3, Greg um, Allison. I mean, he has written multiple books on Roman Catholic theology and how it differs from Protestant theology, and um, someone who has been very up-close-and-personal with Roman Catholic theology. So, very helpful books. Um, we'll try and put uh, some of his stuff in the show notes as well. So, Rick. Rob, anything else you want to add to this?
1: Um, good question. That was like a good like I I i had never heard of that before. Never even thought of it. Um, it caused me to kind of dig into some things and you know, yeah. I think uh what's the passage where uh it talks about the Bereans and it said the Bereans searched the scriptures to see what was true. It's in mm, it's in yeah, Acts. Um And I just I just have been thinking about that recently. I think as guys who read a lot of theology stuff and, you know, feel pretty well squared in the big tenets of of the of where we're at in our camp, um, we're often reading Scripture from that vantage point. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to have anchors, but it's good also just be like, let's just search the Scripture. What does the Scripture say? Not does, yeah. okay, this is Scripture, and what of my people say, but like, what does the Scripture say? And you yeah, obviously amen. need wisdom, you need commentaries and stuff, but yeah, it was a good kind of... A motivation to just dig in Like well, why would someone think this Try to understand the argument So yeah it was good Good question um, Jonah Nicola Nicola or something uh,
0: Jacob Nicoletti
1: Jacob Nicoletti That's what I said Jacob yep, Nicoletti That is what
0: you said I just wanted to reemphasize it
1: Appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> but hey no, guys That That's it
0: Okay sweet Guys We've said it a few times a- We'll say it again And and girls and gals guys and gals far be it from me to exclude 50% well, just did it's 2020 of the world's 20, population. Golly, it's not, not quite now, right? 50 but it's probably pretty close <laughs>
1: it is it's really <laughs> close <laughs> what if um, it wasn't what if it was that, like seriously like like 70% men 30% up. women
0: it might be that well, in China if it's messed up yeah, it's because pre- of China <laughs> not, not to poor Trump and blame everything on China, but if, if, the, if there are more men in the world than women, then China has a hand in that,
1: Yeah, <laughs> their one-child
0: policy, which has since been changed. But anyways, guys, we, we have said it before, we'll say it again, we are, this episode is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible, and we are thrilled to have them as a sponsor because we are mm-hmm. big fans of the CSB. Christian standard Bible. We, totally. we love it because obviously we care about theology and we want whatever translation that we're reading to be um, very faithful to the original manuscripts, the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. And we also want it to be accessible and readable in modern language so that we can mm. um, really understand it. The Reformers, one of their big, big pushes was to get the scriptures into the hands of the people so they could read it in their own language. And what the CSB has done is they've put the scriptures into the closest thing to our own language. We love other translations, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they can be a little wooden to read. They read in ways that you wouldn't otherwise talk. Um, However, the CSB does a great job of staying faithful to the original manuscripts while also uh, translating in a way that when you read, you you really begin to understand it in clearer and clearer ways. They went for this thing called optimal equivalency, where it um, finds that sweet spot of being incredibly faithful, yet also incredibly uh, readable. So big fans of the CSB. Big thank you to them for sponsoring this episode. Guys, go over to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow the Christian Standard mm. Bible.
1: There you go. It's the standard for all Christians.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, if you're yeah, coming up with a name for clear. a Bible, you uh, it's standard. It can't for get Christians. much, yeah, much clearer than this one. Christian standard. <laughs> I mean, if you're a Christian, this is the standard. This is your standard. Hey, yo,
1: Bible. what Bible you got? Uh, the Standard Bible, the, standard. the one like. What kind of question it is? Yeah. What kind of Bible do you have? <laughs> no, we love this CSB. We're glad to be sponsored by them. Yep. Um, excited for. I mean, I'm just to be honest. Once okay, I'm just gonna we're just so going keep this thing short. When the NIV changed their their philosophy on their interpretation, oh,
0: we're calling, calling other translations now. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. So everything after 2011, stones. Um, I was like, bummer. Not that it's like heretical, but I think it's not as accurate a lot um, of people have said that. And it and it could have been like they were intentional in, in I would say making it not as valuable. I was bummed. Love the ESV, it was helpful, but when yeah, the CSB the came ESV out, well. I was like, mm, "Money." And that's been great. It's the yeah. standard.
0: It's a great one. And yeah. You you said it. I said it. Great. Nothing additional needs great. to be said. I could great. say more, but love, so, love many translations, but CSB is my translation of choice. At There's
1: the many translations live in the CSP mm. mm.
0: <laughs> which is a nice. riff
1: on uh spurgeon's quote i think about books i think it was spurgeon visit many books live in this in the scriptures something like that nice. i don't know
0: i like that that's a good one to end on um so guys you can follow us at uh simple theology pod on instagram you can reach out to us on facebook at facebook.com slash simple theology you can always head over to our website if you want to learn more see past episodes find all of our links to social stuff social media stuff um at simpletheology.org, and we don't say this a lot, um, and we should say it more. But thank you to those mm-hmm. who support us on Patreon. Seriously, oh, you guys, yeah. seriously, you guys are, are the I'm reason we have we're yeah. able to cover our expenses and mm-hmm. not lose money hand over fist over this thing. So thank you. And very I would say, I for your support. I've been
1: trying to thank you guys, your Patreon supporters, for a while now. Rob has been like, no. Don't even mention them. Stop. Don't say a thing Stop. about them. And I'm like, no, those people, they're the bread and butter of this, this whole uh, production. So Yeah, they're thank the reason you. this thing
0: happens. So thank you guys so truly, much. Truly. If you guys want to support us on Patreon, you can do it for like a dollar a month if you wanted to. I mean, we... Or $500 a month. Or, I mean, that is as equal of an option. So mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you feel led to <laughs> do, you just pray about it. You pray about it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, You can find us on Patreon. Uh, I don't know the link to that. If you just go to patreon.com and then search up Simple Theology, you'll find us on there. But uh, you can leave us a voicemail, 614-233-1098. I did check. We don't have any right now, so uh, leave us one. We got one recently that was just encouraging Rick, so thank you for that. Mm,
1: Thank you so much. Truly, though, thank you.
0: And you can email us at info at simpletheology.org. That's it. There it if is. If you guys disagree with us on the foot washing thing, we welcome that. Just let us know. We'll, we'd love yeah. to engage with it. So, Absolutely. appreciate you guys. Peace. Peace
1: out. Peace out.